Welcome to our table, you beautiful human animals, for fun, health, and more. We'll dig into human behavior and living right with some laughs and hopefully a little insight. This is Better Health and World. I am Matt Krogamo, a credentialed writer and personal trainer and student of psychology and comedy, exploring how to maximize every day of the human experience at Matthew J. Better. Here, as usual, with my fellow health enthusiast and cultural commentarian, Joe Neubauer at Joe Knows MMA. How we living, everybody? Hear him and me also on Better Fight Cast, your tightest coverage of the UFC and all things mixed martial arts for seasoned vets and rookie fight fans of the purest, best of sport you can follow. Subscribe to that and this on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Now, let us dig into the purest, bestest, everything and anything else right after this word from legal. Although Matthew Gogamo Jr. is a certified personal trainer, he is not acting in this capacity on this program. All information presented here is strictly for educational entertainment purposes. Furthermore, should he reference another person's program or piece of literature, he is not necessarily endorsing every position or opinion that anybody might represent. Please consult the appropriate medical professional before making any serious changes to your diet or lifestyle. Boom! Thanks, Legal. i got a couple things we can uh, get into. Some new stuff. Uh, some continuations of some stuff from last week. There might have been some loose ends, which, if there are, I don't have them written down in front of me. But I don't care! Maybe we'll get to them later, or maybe we won't. Um, we were talking off-air a little bit about stress and how you one can get themselves worked up. And it's something that I wanted to talk about today. I think the main reason I wanted to talk about it today is because I've been trying to really make a concerted effort to give myself an extra 10 minutes. Like if I have to be somewhere in a day, I plan to be there 10 minutes before I would need to actually be there. When I give myself that cushion, if I happen to be pushing the the clock and juggling all things I need before I get out the door, like, you know, single dad, have my, I usually pick my kid up every day and I take him home every day. Before I go do go to work and do other things, and um, so it's 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 a lot. So giving myself that extra ten minutes has really done a lot to cut down on my stress, and you know, literally that stress, that fight or flight response can be addictive, and I think myself included, at least in the past, a lot of us don't realize that we're doing that to ourselves because we like that feeling. It's uh, it's a good feeling in, in its own way, even there, if there's negative, anxious feelings associated with it. A lot of people put themselves in negative situations because you know, they're used to it. They don't realize it's their subconscious, all that crap. Um, whatever the case may be, for me, I guess it's probably it would probably be a little bit of that. I guess it only makes sense. You know, why else would someone have done that to themselves so many I mean, I got a lot going on. I'm pretty mm-hmm. busy. So, I mean, it is what it is. But give yourself that extra 10 minutes. You'll cut down on having that, you know, adrenaline, you know, heavy, heavily, like, adrenaline feeling. The fight or flight response. Um, damn, I looked it up today, and I can't remember what else they <laughs> called it, but it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll have all this stuff down pat maybe one day I used to. It doesn't matter. You know the words I'm talking about. Um, I keep wanting to say seasonal affective disorder. That's something completely else, though. Some neat, nice little acronym, I think. It's uh, anxiety. Well, it causes anxiety, and it, it you know it ultimately shortens your life. Really, I mean, the more you do that, the more you stress your the systems of your body, whether or not it literally ages the DNA or just puts stress on your cardiovascular system. 
it's still it's 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 taking years off the back end. It really and does. Getting excited is what life is about, so you shouldn't avoid the fight or flight response necessarily. But I try to save it so that when I do it, it's hopefully for positive things, and I've got more I don't know excitement saved up, so I'm not burned out because I've I'm kind of tired physically and emotionally because I was up against the clock again trying to get out the door. Give myself that extra 10 minutes. Life is peaceful. Or even 20 minutes sometimes. Sometimes I give myself a lot more. And it's nice showing up early to places you got to be. Especially if you're punching the time clock. Um, so it's basically uh, gets back to whether or not we realize it. Just trying to, I don't know, help us anticipate and know when we're causing ourselves our own problems and getting in our own way and trying not to for every single possible reason all up and down the scale on all levels that just you're still at 10 minutes it's awesome i highly recommend it it's been it's been nice it's been a much better much better uh quality of life all around mm-hmm. leads through to everything you were talking about another person that we know who years back thought that they were ill mm-hmm. and they were a lot of people it's not even were, just well, one yeah, i could have well, i could have came up with a couple stories yeah. That was someone, just one I remember. He, he thought he might have had an STD, mm-hmm. and he started looking up symptoms, and one of the symptoms was... Well, what was crazy was, it was the symptoms he was looking up, he was almost making he himself was get those them. symptoms. He was manifesting yeah. them, because there are similar symptoms, whether or not you're HIV positive or just causing yourself anxiety, mm-hmm. you could... A couple of these things could show up on you. I mean, I feel like every symptom leads was it to a white, cancer. It was a white tongue, right? Back of the tongue well, was white. What happened was... He got a weird mark on his back, mm. and it just showed up, and it was like a ring. You know, ultimately it was a oh, ringworm, right, right, but a right, ringworm right, right, shows right. up on you. Worm. You know, it, it can look similar to a lesion. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, you just really start thinking about it and everything, and then that's one of the things you can catch without knowing. But after you play, you know, phone doctor, which I don't recommend to anybody. Right. Anybody says they're gonna look something up, I'm just like tread carefully. Mm. Look up one thing or something small. Just get the details about it. Like, you know, it should be able to tell you, do you need to see a doctor or not? Because your phone is not a doctor. You need a human person to look at you to tell you what is going on. Or at least have their equipment. So, that started with that. And then he got so in, so much anxiety and so much stress that literally the back of his tongue started turning white. And then, of course, you know, it just leads to one thing or another. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. obviously, Go when figure. you're when you're that stressed out, you're um, yeah, everything doesn't really run out appropriately. You might be a little runny mm-hmm. when you're using the bathroom. It might be a little, a little, right. little over excessive. Yeah, you're, you're beating up your whole system. There was a, I was there was an article that I did look at today. I'll throw out the title. One thing I remember them talking about was that this fight or flight response it can be beneficial for our survival and that's why animals and humans have adapted in in such a way because it can extend our lives for a short period of time but chronic or repeat fight or flight response uh it it yeah, it can it beats you up beats you up um all right what the hell is that damn article called good by the good old uh, National Institute of Health can't go wrong. Well, maybe you can. Maybe some of you know better than me. But as far as like health articles and stuff, this doesn't get too much better than that. 
as far as stuff that people can't really argue over. Stress, aging, and their influence on functional, cellular, and molecular aspects of the immune system by Anna Vitlick, Janet M. Lord, and Anna C. Phillips. I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to get into right now. I've already kind of talked some of these ideas. Uh, I, w I was trying to dig in to see if I could really... I used to... I remember I heard it somewhere, and it sounds real nice, but, like, don't quote me because I'm not 100% sure, but it just, it rings true, and I don't, I seem to remember, I seem to remember I heard it from someone that I trusted, but it's been years, so take this with a grain of salt. I've said it several times on this program that, you know, as far as, you know, figuratively or literally, when you have that fight-or-flight response, it literally will, like, weather the two, the two mirrors, the two mirrors, the things that, that cap off your DNA strands your dna sequences so mm -hmm. it's literally like aging you it's gonna make it it makes you older i don't know if that literally happens or not i didn't see it in this article i did five minutes of phone research <laughs> but you know you gotta trust what you see and the national institute of health is not not a bad place to start like i said um they got into some things some some technical things you know i mentioned the thing about cardiovascular system but mm -hmm. I can't really dig down the trenches too much. Good article. I highly recommend it. Again, stress aging and their influence on functional cellular and molecular aspects of the immune system. Um, and what you said about that person stressing themselves out until, you know, they had so much time once they started suspecting something before they finally went to a doctor and got the test done. And in that time, it drove themselves nuts. And that's the that's that's the trick. We just have to learn to not that you know uh, it's the compartmentalization thing. You, you've got to even though we all we want to be we don't want to compartmentalize parts of our personality, but things that you can't affect that you're working on, it's good to be able to compartmentalize them in your brain and you know mm -hmm. all the stuff that we've got going on put it in the storage bin yeah and that is not that that's a compartmentalization that is helpful for us possibly to you know mm -hmm. be that self-actualized individual maybe because you can just, you know don't you're gonna you can you know you're gonna age your two mirrors thinking about it over and over and over and over again just picking at the scab over and over again um Another, and on a similar note, as far as compartmentalizing things and not letting this is, well, it's a little bit different because uh, one thing that I touched on, I think I talked about it last week, I can't remember. I've definitely talked about it before, is trying to clear the mental clutter so that you can free your brain out. Basically, when you have tasks to do, don't put them off because then you end up spending a lot of your time just sort of half remembering to do them and not doing them again and making excuses and they end up they end up building up in the, the you know the compartments of your brain and clutter they're going to clutter, clutter the compartments that you need to organize for you know taking care of paperwork and um uh ignoring things that you can't do anything about at the moment but you got to make sure you've done what you're supposed to do namely in my case something that I've been trying to work on lately is the red tape monster I would call it a red, you know, I was, I definitely pretty sure I talked, I can't remember exactly how much I talked about it, but I remember I was complaining a lot because I was in the midst of a lot of different like paperworky kind of stuff. And some of it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any final answers, but it did not, I did not get the sense that things were going my way. A, I was okay. I just, I accepted that and life goes on and it's not going to, it shouldn't get in the way of my plans anyway. And if it doesn't, if it does, you know, I'll adapt my plans and mm -hmm. I'll be fine. I'll thrive. 
the but now it looks like it's going well anyway and i've just been persistent about it and at first i don't i don't know if i talked about this last time but it, it, it felt it really felt like you know as far as the the red tape bureaucratic monster that we're all trying to fight back every day it felt, mine felt like a hydro like i felt like when i cut down one head two more sprouted up i'm just like come on man i'm trying to tie up these loose ends mm-hmm. now i got more phone calls to make and just more garbage to do more garbage but stuff is starting to some of those different different things are st- you know pretty much pretty much all the issues i was having with my paperwork for the most part like they, they, they're they're cruising they're going mm-hmm. things are good it's nice it's nice sometimes not, it's just you my, my brain call. yeah the phone calls and phone calls. They suck, phone calls. but you, sometimes yeah. there is that. that and then, by the like I also have like a bunch of pictures that I want to print out in Shutterfly mm-hmm. albums, just in case like all the computers die or something. You know, like I would, you know, so I got once I get the the more you know the more pressing deadlining paperwork. I got to take care of that. I mean, that's like a different kind of paperwork, also. Mm-hmm. Where it's just. There's so much. There's so much, but that kind of stuff is worth it because I like having those photo albums laying around. And uh, I'm in a situation at the moment where nobody, I got to do it. Or, you know, I don't have any, those are my pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've had them for a long time. And I may, and another thing that I would do, I have a, a bit busted portable hard drive that I may or may not be able to fix. And I've been sort of shopping around like i walked into a store I was like yeah look you guys look they were like yeah it'll be seven hundred dollars to see if we can fix it and i was like oh like i wanted to i wanted to take i wanted to get a glove i actually have gloves in my glove box for the first time ever like mm-hmm. i don't know why this time i never did this before but i have gloves in my glove box i got my surprise they're like faux leather gloves i wanted to like get one of those gloves and like slap him in the face with it like i was trying to challenge him to a duel for insulting me like i i, I was like, oh but just with the empty glove, dude, working right. the com- computer store, I probably knock him over and I win the fight just by challenging him to the duel. And you know, but why is that? It's worse? a different time, but I would definitely be arrested. That's what's crazy. That's I feel his... like I would rather him put the glove on his hand and slap me than to just take the glove. Well, you know what I'm and talking slap about? Me with the glove, yeah, yeah. Like it's like I more bite insulting. My thumb. <laughs> like we're in the beginning like, of Romeo and Juliet. I bite my thumb noise. at him. I don't know if that would do anything either. Probably toss some keyboards around. Or write a letter. Well, he's it was his place of business. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, call the cops. Yeah, you call the cops. Call the cops pretty quick. But back in the day. <sighs> but it's not his, you know, of course it's just his, his, he's, you know, he's working the register. It's probably not his business. He's going to decide the price anyway. I got a couple other options for some cheaper inquiries. And it's on, it's on the to-do list, but it's... It's down a couple levels. I'm trying to. It's like the red tape hydra. Just, just gotta. Whack, whack, whack. Just, I gotta. You know, this. That's that. This. This is what the human animal has evolved itself into. We. Uh, we. It's. It's words, and paperwork, and phone calls, and money, and it's not. I mean, we're we're less of a physical animal. Like it's yeah. all that stuff, and it's. My thing is everything I found out. Like it can be pretty frustrating and irritating, but it can be exhilarating to be on top of it because then you can do all the fun stuff. I could take care of the paperwork, paperwork, and the photos, and then you know write books and stuff like that. All that stuff, all the other stuff, podcast stuff, all the things, all the things, and uh, that's exhilarating. It's an exhilarating mm-hmm. feeling. It feels good, and it's not. It doesn't really take that much time. It's just a lot of it is. Not feeling like doing it, so you end up thinking about it a lot, 
where you mm-hmm. can just do it, and then you barely think about it and just get that S over with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never it is not that hard. It's not that hard. You just make the damn phone call. Stuff goes by quick. This paperwork, like I when I finally sit down and start doing it, like it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad. You just knock it out. It's, Basically talking about yourself, just the same stuff over and over again a lot of the time anyway. Just dick. Dick! Someone's got to trust the pod, the process also. Like, even though it's annoying, we're, it's just a lot of, like, boring gears and cogs and wheels turning and just waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, sometimes you trust the process, it'll work out. And I feel, I feel very good about things. Very good about things. It's nice. It's nice to get stuff done and to be working toward where you want to be and stuff. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I accomplished a lot this week, so not as much red tape as you. I feel like I went through that battle with the whole credit process recently. I mean, you don't really have any, like, real pending red tape right now, do you? You pretty much... Nothing. Yeah, I didn't think so. Nothing. I'm Honestly, I was about to comment, like, how different I am than you right now. Like, it sounds like you're going through the, the hustle and bustle of just trying to get some things fixed, and it's such an annoying, confusing, and complicated well, process. Well, and applying to school. And well, that's another annoying, complicated so process, stuff. and you're dealing with the and financial just, department. Yeah. And I had to deal, deal I had to deal with sorting health insurance out yeah, for next year. I had to deal with work and it's a headache. comp stuff. So. Not only is it a headache, it yeah. takes like days. Like I'm yeah. not even talking just hours. It takes like days of your your life. Mm-hmm. It, it's just ridiculous. I kind of got everything in a motion right now, where it's, it's not bad. I got everything going all right. Um, I was going to say how like right now everything just comes out of my phone. Like, I got every account right now set up to where it just automatically comes out. I'm at a good system right now. But I was where you were with the Red Tape Society about, I want to say about a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Like, I, I know exactly what you're going through. It just, it seemed like, it was like every time you took one step forward, you took two steps back. It just, things kept popping remember up. remember one time and, when I was very young, I got hit with a fine at the NBA, which I still don't think was for me. It was my second car, and I was just like... Just take seventy dollars, and that mm-hmm. was before I was ever before I was even working in restaurants. So seventy dollars was a lot more to me back mm-hmm. then. I was like, just take it, and then they're like, okay, all right, now you got this other thing, and I was just like, what? what? Well, what's crazy is, and I can relate to it with the with the credit, because my credit wasn't terrible, but I had to do some work on my credit. Where yeah. I think we've all been at one point in our lives, and when I was like. They were unleashing the things. It's just like skeletons kept coming out the closet. And I didn't even know who they were. <laughs> you know, I knew I had some backed up school loans. I think everybody gets some backed up school loans. But well, I got a good one for you. You were talking. I I was trying to apply for an apartment a long time ago, before my son or anything, and it was during the last time I went to college, and they said I had a judgment against me on my credit and I hadn't really done anything. I hadn't really had I hadn't done anything really with as far as I mean payment I paid like car insurance. Like it was basically the only bill. Maybe my pager. <laughs> like I had nothing. Wow, that's a long time I had ago. Nothing. Nothing. And they said and I found out it was for a bail bondsman. Oh wow. Yeah. See the thing is I'm a junior. So, it's not me who uh, bailed someone out of jail and they didn't sucks. show yeah. up. Well, I mean, and I you know I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it off the the credit thing exactly. I think it's. I mean, it's got to be gone now. Um, so I ended up the the apartment complex. 
It was for an apartment. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that, but just in case, it was to get an apartment for the, you know near the college near Towson University. It was the apartment Cockeysville. Uh, where one side one one wing of my family actually is from, so I sort of grew up in Cockeysville in a way, near, near state fairgrounds and all that. Whoop whoop! Shout out Cockeysville and Towson. Um, but um, oh shoot, oh shoot, Man, thought. Shoot! Oh, the apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to the bail bond. I had to, I had to go to the bail bondsman's office, and the guy wrote me a notarized letter. And of course, he's a bail bondsman, so he was a notary too. So he just stamped it. And he, uh, I was pretty young to have a real conception of what a bail bondsman would look like. Like I think of Steve McQueen in his last movie. I don't even remember what it was called. Dog the Bounty Hunter, really. That I would not have thought of. I think this was before I. I'm thinking this. Um, it was either before that existed or before I ever knew it existed. Like, yeah, now it might be clouded with like dog bounty hunters. I think Steven Seagal had a bounty hunter show, which is very strange. I just really think of a very serious, stocky, big, like you know, over six foot. Well, I think of Steve McQueen and Robert Forster and Jackie Brown, which is similar build and age and everything to the Steve McQueen character in Steve McQueen's last movie. I think it was called Hopper. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It might have been loosely based on a true story, even. Steve McQueen was great. It's, it's a bullet. And you would think somebody, because you, you think about a, a, a bail bondsman, you have to be McQueen? somebody that gets money out of people. And not only are you getting money out of people, but most of the part, you're giving, you know, you're, you're bailing out uh, people that are in jail. So you got to, it's a bigger Chris trust. You're no, running a different types of people with that. So was the chase. So was the What'd you say? Bail bonds? Yeah, well, the guy, um, he had like a. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I want to say it was like a purple polo. I might just be making that up from my memory. But, you know, some unbuttoned buttons near the mm-hmm. top and gold chains. Big and beard. Looking. No, I don't think he had a beard. They wear sunglasses inside, though. He might have had sunglasses pushed up on his head. It seemed like, you know, Italian dude. But, yeah, I mean, he was very friendly. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. Sure. Yeah, I know it's not you, bro. It's fine. I don't know if he remembered my dad or not. But, <laughs> you know, he was, yeah, he was like, yeah, that's true. He wasn't like. Where's my money? Like, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll write you your letter. I don't care. Got the little stamp and everything. Little, uh, like, raise the, the, mm-hmm. the, the seal and everything. It was, you know, it was cool. Takes I was like, wow, look at that. It was a legal document Don't right there. Need. I just watched the document become legalized. Um, yeah, credit. Fun stuff. I'm not sure how mine is going to be at the moment. I've always been pretty responsible. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I was, too. I had a little bit of backed-up school loans. But the world is complicated. But I went to fix it. Like, all of a yeah. sudden, I have a hospital bill that I don't remember. It was, like, from 10 years ago, yeah, you know, that I had. And then there was a um, – it was, like, a $40 that I owed to the IRS that turned into, like, $160 because it's in so much debt. Mm. Um, just never knew about it. Like, it all just started springing up. Like, and those are the only three things, but I, I literally just didn't know about them. Mm. And that's because I never messed with credit. Yeah, um, I always just said, you know what? I see too many people get in trouble with credit, and that's why I don't gamble too much on sports. That's why I keep yeah, a very, keep very a minimum. Because like, I, I always know, do like five dollar games. If I meant I was paying attention, yeah. yeah I mean, but I know that I can get carried away on a given week, but not every week. And if I get carried away, that's how you get in trouble. That's how I see a lot of people get in trouble. They spend what they don't have. I honestly stop gambling on sports. I don't even, because I don't enjoy it. I mean, I'm not as into sports as much as I was. I spend $10 a week. There's a lot of things I don't like. Yeah, I've done that several times, several (laughs) several years. Um, 
But I just I got tired of always like if I if I'm trying to pick to win like if you pick five games and you got to go you got to pick the point spread too, mm-hmm. not just win loss. I like picking win loss. Like I would a lot of times I would do the kind of thing I just described, but uh, then I would also do just it, pick individual games to straight up win loss. You know, five bucks or you might parlay and have like two or three in there. The winner best two of three gets five or ten bucks or something. Yeah. Um, but then I found myself. In some cases, rooting against teams that I wanted to win because mm-hmm. I thought they would lose, and then they're winning. So I'm like in my own personal hell that I've created, and it just sucks. Like I'd rather enjoy the fact that the Buffalo Bills are doing well, even mm-hmm. though I was like, oh, "How are they doing anything?" I think they actually won this week. I think they beat up on the Jaguars, so good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the, the ten dollars like I spend a week on—it's actually DraftKings. And I do it on MMA. The ten dollar limit I have weekly is my. It's it's rolled into my lottery bill, and that's what I spend. Because I feel like it's the same as buying lottery tickets, except I'm actually doing something I'm passionate about. You have a lottery that bill. That's pretty much what I use it for. Yeah, lottery, uh, betting on sports, same thing. Have you played the lottery regularly for a long time? No, I used to like scratch offs. Really? Uh, it was a long time ago, and I would go up and really? just buy like twenty. Well, I was I didn't have as much bills either. Yeah, like not nearly. You like that much. rush when you're scratching the things off, and all the yeah, man. all the little gray yeah, junk is flying through the air. Did you ever just walk out of the Seven Eleven and you just hit the hood of your well, car? I was, a, I was, a, I was you a just young hit the man. hood of your car. And you're just like, I was a young man, you know. <laughs> I was partying a lot back in my stoner days. You know, oh, so were they the, like midnight buys? Yeah, it was like you're walking oh, in, it's so like, I'm buying that's a Snickers the, bar kind of thing or iced tea. never appealed to me ever, so it fascinates yeah. me. And I used to work at a 7-Eleven, so I used to see people come in, yeah. and like, they would just, they would throw down the money, man. Like, like we at different times we had the scratch-offs, and we also had the, the money where you play the numbers, and at, at one point I think they got rid of the number machine, and it was just scratch-offs, but man, those people, they, they, they love it. It is a drug, man. The other thing was the technology wasn't out like it is now, and I felt like the neighborhood I was in, like the area I was living in, and I didn't. I don't like migrating too far away. Yeah, because I don't like having to try to find a way to travel that much far further to get home. Like I want an easy path to home if I'm out. Um, But there wasn't a lot to do. Like there wasn't even a lot of stores or nothing. It was just kind of like houses and trees and. And yards, and that was it. And yeah. I, I just, you know, I you go to the store, you buy like, I, I would spend like $20 on lottery tickets, and it gave me like just like a 10 minute rush. It was fun. Yeah. But I, I got over it quick. I'd rather take that money and put it on something like DraftKings, where it is like a lottery, except the only difference is I put in a total of $10 to bet, and I go in a pool where I can eventually pick the six winners that I want to win about something that I'm if, passionate about. If I cared enough to pay attention about sports the way you pay attention to MMA, then I'd still be doing... I'd probably be doing the 10 or $20 a week. And I yeah, would, I won't spend I more would than consider that. that, like... I would consider myself getting my money's worth, because I feel like I would have more fun with it. Like, I genuinely I could, think I, I could do pay well. Better, but... If I could pay better attention, for one, I feel like I would do better. And for two, I'd... I'd I'd be okay with the learning experience of maybe not winning, and I think I would be okay with the team that I pick to lose winning if I'd rather have them win. So I never play fantasy football. Man, it's like sometimes I want to get the kahunas just to put the money up and straight up bet on it. Mm-hmm. I do, and this week I would have won a lot. Yeah. But there is weeks I would lose. I feel like in that type of game, like, 
for the most part, unless you hit that multi-millions, which man, only a few people a year hit that. I mean, the, I've never understood entering a contest. I mean, the house always wins. That's that why doesn't I have a winner. Don't really gamble much. Like, I mean, this last this last one went up to over a billion dollars. Why? Because people played it six times before a winner was found. I'm always fascinated. Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, really. As far as playing the lottery, like, yeah, I don't. I mean, how much do you think they're? I appreciate betting on sports because yeah. you can kind of it takes some some skill and some luck, I guess. But there's skill to it. And intelligence, whereas with the other stuff, it's just you buy this piece of paper and it's either going to be a winner or not. And it would just, I would, it would blow my mind to see people drop $45 on them. They would get $7 worth of winners. Guess what they did with that $7? They put it right back they in the water. They put it right back yeah. in. And sometimes they would spend more money. I used to, <laughs> if I would have won like, if I would have spent dollars. 20 and I won five, I'd go buy one more. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, I'm it's still perfect. I'm playing with house money. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. You just, you <laughs> It's like the ball where you watch your coin spin down into a smaller and smaller circle yeah. until it drops into the It's like I don't throw enough money at my at and the government. Then, well, at least, just, then, yeah. at least then your quarter goes to the like cancerous kids at Johns Hopkins or something. Yeah, it's a silly game, man. Oh, well. But it's cool. I mean, if you get the rush, if you get the fun, I mean, more power to you. It's better than a lot of things, you know. Well, Scratch-offs are better. Scratch-offs are better than a lot of things. I've if never won. And when I realized it. I was losing more than I was winning, <laughs> like, I'm done. Yeah. And since I've joined DraftKings, I put in $25, lost that 25 then put another deposit of 25 mm. And right now in my DraftKings account, I have $210. Because I, the chances of winning, like I said, are so much better. Yeah, if you're paying better attention and, and actually a lot of payouts. behaving like a you know professional bookie, even if you only have a couple hundred dollars in your bankroll and you're trying to be careful and educated about it, it's fun. Like I'm mm-hmm. good. Like I will predict the point spreads for football games. Oh, if I was rich, I'm. Pre- I, I I wish we could. Oh man, I, bet, I would have. A I problem. wonder if there's like a futures bet or something. I don't even know what you would call it, but. Ahead of time, can you predict what the line is going to be before Vegas sets it? <laughs> like, do people do that? Because yeah, they a lot do a of lot times, of goofy bets. Uh, yeah, is that when I see people would betting that be on a, pro wrestling? Would that be a prop bet? Well, that's a prop bet because then you're basically betting on what are the writers doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what did the writers decide is going to happen this week? They were betting on recently. Like, I didn't know how bad it was. Only because I don't follow a lot of the other. Like, I don't even. I've never looked at like basketball, baseball, football, betting odds, none of that. I, I haven't looked at any of it. The only thing I genuinely look I love at football betting is odds. combat sports. Well, what I love about betting odds, it still fascinates me. And I still actually, I think I've heard that this might not be 100% accurate. A, they're not trying. The, the, the people who are setting the odd line, you know, basic, basically it's supposed to symbolize how many points one team is expected to win by or not. And people have to not only bet that they're going to win, but that they're going to beat that point. So if the Ravens were favored, the Ravens line was at negative like 12.5 against the Oakland Raiders this past week, meaning they were expected to win by 12.5 points. Mm-hmm. And if they only win by 12 points, then if people bet on the Ravens, they get lose it. their yeah, money. No, I didn't like so, that at all. So it's crazy that they yeah. covered. It's funny because... I misheard something. I haven't paid as close attention as I used to, and I thought people were getting a little too little too confident in Lamar Jackson and the Ravens going into this game because when I heard so, when I heard somebody say that they were they that they are playing the thirty first ranked run defense, I thought mm-hmm. that they were talking about Cincinnati. I thought they beat Cincinnati and like that. No, I, I found out that's Cincinnati's Oakland. the worst. Oakland. 
Really? Yeah, they somebody told me today. As of last week or as of this week? This week. Actually, okay. I can look it up well, right as now. of this week, maybe they are. But as of last week, I heard thirty first ranked run defense, uh-huh. and they were talking about the Oakland Raiders because the Oakland Raiders are a thirty first run ranked defense. So if I knew that, I might not have. I mean, I I mean, I didn't really make a pick I'm anyway. I was just Oakland saying Raiders run defense. Well, by now it's probably thirty two. <laughs> I don't know how well we perform. Defense today. ranking. Okay. That's what I'll put. Um, 2018. New Orleans is number one? New Orleans is kicking at oh, ace. Rushing. That's rushing. Kicking at ace. New Orleans is number one rushing offense? So. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, NFL.com rushing defense. Let me Who see is this. Who's running back? I don't even know. I can't even name a New Orleans Saints running back. Adrian Peterson is with Washington Redskins right now. Avin Kamara, Mark Ingram Jr., Zach Line, Daniel Lasker, Dwayne Washington. Those are the New Orleans Saints running backs. Alvin Kamara, I've definitely heard of. Mark Ingram Jr., I've definitely heard of. Yeah, I can't find it. I give up. I think the Eagles are the best. Uh, uh, I'm done with this. I yeah, I was getting mad. I, I wanted to throw it. On air is not a good time to try to figure out yeah. stupid sports stats anyway. Football. Poo-poo. Footy, footy, football. You know what I like about football? I liked having it on for Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Good, good. You know, I didn't really watch much football Thanksgiving. The Lions, uh... Damn, I don't even know who they fought. <laughs> I can't even remember. I saw part of it. You know what I did? It was a good game. It was good. It was a nice little back and forth game. <laughs> Whoever I sat at the it was. Table. While the football game was on the first one, I sat at the table, you know, the day game. I sat at the table <laughs> after dinner with, with my brothers Damn. and we argued MMA and a little bit of football. But mostly behind combat sports. We argued it for about well, an hour. On and a half. slightly similar note, when the Ravens were winning their first Super Bowl in two thousand, I guess it would have been two thousand and one technically, two thousand yeah. season. I was in, I, not only was I not in Baltimore not watching the game, I was in Washington, D.C. at a special Andy Warhol exhibit at some museum. What made you do that? I, was not, you, you I wasn't in a sports. Thing yet? I was in a sports. Oh, yeah. You know, a, I'm like reversed. I was a bohemian kid. There was well, years. That's what my life revolved around sports. Maybe not bohemia, but you know. Now it's like I only have one. I was an animal. That's it. It's so weird. I don't know why that is. I did watch most of the Ravens game this week, but this was honestly, I'm not even exaggerating, this is the first game I watched in probably, I think like seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have not seen a game at all. I just, I don't know. Well, it sounds like that Saints-Falcons game at night during Thanksgiving was worth missing, and I pretty much figured it would. I figured that the Saints would just smack them around, man. They owned them. Divisional rival, too. The Saints are... Saints are on fire, man. They're looking good. That's cool. I like to see the Saints doing well, even though they started with us. First yeah. ever extra point that uh, good old Justin 
Justin well, Tucker. It's not all it bad to be a Baltimore day. fan. I right was now. not even. It's it's not. It's promising. I mean, it's kind of fun. You have like, you have like our a quarterback O-line's, controversy our right is now. Figuring it out. Yeah, the, it, it's fun it's to an watch. Interesting problem to have. Yeah. Lamar Jackson. He just might be able to develop into a passer. Like, who's going to be the man? I mean, because looking at it financially, if Flacco's not coming back next year, because this could technically be his last year. Why even bring him back? They free up some cap space to. Well, this year, Joe Flacco is probably our best chance to win. There is a decent. I mean, I looked at a graph today. We got the wild card spot. Like we're in the playoffs right now. Like I, that is that's because we're like one of the only teams that are in the middle. We're a little bit well rounded. Yeah, everybody's either really good and their record's like nine and two or something stupid, or you're like two and eight. Like, that's the records I was looking at this Lamar week. Mark Jackson threw a beautiful pass to Michael Crabtree, I'm told. You know who has four wins? The Cleveland Browns. And they got momentum right now. It's their, funny, their quarterback the, a, a looks good. A team's, yeah, Baker Mayfield looks like Legit. the James. Like, if you're um, a Ravens fan like we are. We should be scared of yes, the Browns. Yes, that's like, what I We said. better hope that Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson help win us a Lombardi trophy this year. Because if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to get harder. I mean, that kid's name is just better. cool. Baker Mayfield, it sounds like he's a beast. Yes. It sounds like, imagine like, I'm when just the, saying. Imagine the Browns start to get better. Like, I'm just he's saying. inheriting. He doesn't even have anything they're yet. They're called the, they're poop. Yeah. They're poop. They are brown poop. They That's don't what they have are. anything they have yet. Been. They're going to build yeah. around this kid. Get this yeah. kid one elite receiver. But, scary. I mean, I'm just saying his name is marketable, too. This is something Cleveland's yeah. going to start generating some money. They're hungry for a great I mean, as much team. as I'm scared of it as a Baltimore fan, I'm glad because I'd rather see 32 well-oiled machines mm-hmm. so that we see competition. What we talk about in the MMA podcast, we want competition because it keeps the product honest and optimal. Yeah. So breed competition. I'd rather see a bunch of teams where... But they're going to go all in on him because you think about LeBron just left Cleveland. Stipe just lost the heavyweight title. Oh, like Baker Mayfield's come strolling in. This guy's wearing a damn cape. Like he he's he remember is. and he, he's already been quoted because the day that they the like two games ago not this last game but the game before that he told after the fact he said he told at the at the presser when he was up the podium he said I woke up this morning and I felt dangerous yeah and everybody's like oh I don't know if the reporter said that but all over Cleveland I'm sure they were I mean, he just has a hall of fame you want to hear that you want to hear that kid's gonna sell a lot of tickets a he lot of dangerous. uniforms that's good, I'm, good. I'm, I'm tired i mean they're a, they're a classic team and also let's hope that uh the town of cleveland can finally get over art rodell moving the original browns out of cleveland and turning them into the baltimore ravens well, cleveland's had a good baseball basketball the team, I mean, and even a heavyweight world champion so they cannot good. write the story of the nfl without that man and i i believe if the sports yeah. gods are just they will prevent the Cleveland Browns from ever winning a championship until Art Modell is in the Hall of Fame. And the fact that he was not inducted into the Hall of Fame before he died is a crime against that NFL. Hum- it's like, BS. It's crap. Yeah, he put he put, in a, he put the NFL on TV and then he put it on primetime. It's BS. It's crap. It's garbage. And if you bitter Cleveland sports writers can't get over it, sports karma is going to prevent them brownies from ever hoisting Lombardi Trophy. So, bleh. I've seen. Enjoy the enjoy your spite. I've seen other organizations, okay, other type of leagues, inherit and induct people into their Hall of Fame, even against their own will, even though they might hate that person. Yeah, we got Johnny Unitas in the Indianapolis Colts Hall of Fame, which is crap. But for somebody <laughs> that is he was a first never an Indianapolis Colts Hall of Famer, not to get inducted. While they're alive, you cannot and they had write, time. Can you write the ridiculous. story of the NFL without him? 
Can, can you? you? No! Can. That is the definition for being into the Hall of Fame. He should have been first ballot Hall of Famer. Crap! And he should have been able to enjoy that moment as a mm. old man. I mean, that, that's a that's a prestigious moment in your life. You know what another thing I feel bad about? It's, 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 if you're going to feel sympathy for billionaires, um, did you know that um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, got one of his rings stolen by Vladimir Putin? Really? Yeah, when he was on a White House visit. It makes me sad, man, and I hate the Patriots. But, and what did he do about it? He just let Putin He was it? like, ah, ah, ah. And uh, George W. Bush was like, Sorry, bro. It's gone. <laughs> or so. Something like that. I don't know. Don't quote me. Like, Putin just rolled in there like a gangster. They were, just it was, took they were his on ring. like a White House visit, and Putin was there, and he like showed it to him, and he's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> he kept it. No, it's on display in Russia, I think. <laughs> wow. It makes me sad. <laughs> I feel sad for Robert. That's a powerful man. I feel sad yeah, I'd love to keep it too, bro. I'm not going to argue with Vlad. That's Vlad. A scary. His name dude. is Vlad, right? I'm not getting it wrong, right? Vlad? Vlad Putin? His not last a... name is so funny, but you don't even want to make fun of it. No. No, you're not, I'm not going to make fun of him at all. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. That's funny. I mean, that's not that really, international stuff really I see all the time. It doesn't even stuff. shock that's me. That's No, yeah, it's. Uh, I, one thing that really tugged at my heartstrings was I remember hearing him saying, like, that was... Yeah. It's funny to hear, like, these problems. He's such, like... It's not even a first-world problem. It's in, like, the elite of the elite world problem where he's like, that was the last Super Bowl ring I won when my wife was alive. <laughs> like, it's sad, but it's like, oh, yeah. You've got almost an infinity gauntlet's worth of Super Bowl rings. Crimea River. Infinity Wars going to Netflix. I, know I, I own it on DVD, I but, I will, random, but I will probably watch it again. I was like, yeah, I don't have to buy that now. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, well, let's uh, let's segue. Let's 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 do some let's do some dessert. Let's do some movie talk. We've talked to Healthy Health Talk. We are certainly certified here to talk uh, movies. I was the entertainment editor of high school newspaper, a columnist for two publications, and a thrice published poet in academia. I've also written screenplays and produced my own film shorts. And the movies seep into my brain. I just know them, the directors, the actors, the, I don't know, in some cases the producers, the history. Like, it's just, it's a cultural cornerstone of humanity. And once we've got done with the more responsible stuff, we can consume and dissect and enjoy. The last time we were talking about movies, at the very last second you mentioned The Professional. A.K.A. I don't know if you know this. It's also called Leon. Yes, uh, I believe I it's that. now officially called Leon. I think its original <laughs> it title might have been Leon, and then it was called The Professional America. And it got <coughs> it is such it is it is such an important, still relevant movie that they decided, I believe, to change the entire the, to change the movie's title in America. And uh, it, it, I think I believe it is now just called Leon. And Leon, of course, is Jean Reno. He was. He's been in. You see him around. He's a big. I'm assuming Russian. Not not like big, big, but just uh, he's got an impending character. I would say. I don't even know if I would say that. It's the movie gives you a. He rush. was in Ronin. Ronin is the yeah. other big performance by Jean Reno. Uh, great French actor. He's you know tall. I guess not too. I wouldn't quite say broad shoulder, but he's still kind of got an impending uh, uh, presence. 
Kind of big and big and sleek, I guess. Maybe you could say. I don't know. I might be wrong about this. But he just made his character believable. I mean, he. Uh, this movie is directed and I believe written by Luke Besson, the man who brought us Fifth Element. And well, I mean that that those are really the two big things: is Leon and Fifth Element. But also, well, I guess you can't really leave out the Femme Nikita. That was before any of those movies. Well, yeah, yeah, got to be before those movies. And that inspired the American remake with Bridget Fonda, Put Him No Return, which was a classic from my childhood and iconic. The scene of Bridget Fonda diving through the air ducts, escaping the flames from the missile launcher is something that's just been like burned into my pop cultural brain ever since I was a small child, you know, when I first saw that movie. I think it was, I don't know if it was PG-13 or R. I wasn't like too, too young to see it, but mm-hmm. enough to be like, damn, this movie's bad. She was, uh, she basically got caught for a crime and was given the option to become a spy for the government and sort of refine herself. And part of becoming a spy is also being trained, like, as far as your personality, being mm-hmm. adapted to any kind of thing and all, you know, knowing how to be a proper lady and all that stuff. And Bridget Fonda killed it. I did see the original directed by Luke Besson, and it's been years, but it predates an iconic American remake. And the original is probably better. I might have even had a bias against it, but hard to. I can't imagine the American remake was better than Luke Besson's original French version. Mm-hmm. And I think the remake could almost be considered a masterpiece. But I'm going to put an asterisk next to that because it's been a long time. Fifth Element is definitely a masterpiece. One of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, one, maybe you can make an argument for that being the best science fiction movie ever you can make an argument for that being the best action movie ever i mm-hmm. think i probably would not agree with that statement i might go with best science fiction movie if i really really had to think hard about it i'm talking better than any of the star wars movies or anything um the professional is a little more subdued a little less flashy love it when i say this i've still never seen a star wars that's eh, fine they're worth seeing but if you don't want to see them they might not be for you. They're not for me. Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece. Return of the Jedi might be a masterpiece. New Hope might be a masterpiece. Empire if I want to see sci-fi, Empire Strikes Back I need is a to beautiful watch movie. Game of Thrones. That's what I Well, that's watch. similar to sci-fi. I mean, it's fantasy. It's a little bit different, but basically it is sci-fi. Really, mm-hmm. fantasy is sci-fi. When I see it, I think of it as sci-fi. I mean, fantasy and sci-fi are always yeah. grouped together because, I mean, it is sci-fi because mm-hmm. it's stuff that's not really happening. I mean, that's science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, Leon, a.k.a. The Professional, Jean Reno, the title character, is a dude living in an apartment building where a 12-year-old Natalie Portman, I, I can't even remember what her character's name is, is a child to some low-level th- criminal thuggy deadbeats. It was a weird connection they had, it but it worked, strange. I guess. He lived down the hall. Jean Reno, the professional, lived down and the hall. And he looked like a creepy man. Her, like, it just, it was weird. From it her was... family. Uh, her family is somehow good old Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's another, you know, he's he's a phenomenal actor. I don't, you know, he was Louis Harvey Oswald and JFK. He was Zorg in Fifth Element. He was the villain in Air Force One. He was... Um, Winston Churchill in the, I think it's called The Darkest Hour. It was an Oscar movie this year. I think he was nominated for Best Actor, even. Something like that. He was a pimp in True Romance. One of my all-time, another one of my all-time favorite movies. Written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by the late, great Tony Scott. Um, too many rabbit holes. 
novels and movies focus. So, most of the professional takes place in the apartment building, I would say, or a good deal of it. It's basically the headquarters of the movie. It's got a decent amount of action for a movie that I would really have to classify as a drama, really. Like a, you know, psych, you know inter, interpersonal drama. Um, Gary Ullman is a corrupt cop in charge of a couple other cops, and he's got some issues with Natalie Portman's family. And she ends up sort of stumbling into Jean Reno's The Professional's help. And he ends up pretty much taking care of her and sort of... He's a, he's a, an assassin. He's, that's, why he, that's what he is as a, the professional. He's a, an assassin. But he has nothing to do with any of this Gary Ullman stuff going on. He just happens to live in the building and he wants to be left alone. But he does end up helping her and taking her in, and he's pretending to train her to be an assassin too, because I guess she knows what he does. It's been a long time, but yeah, she wanted to do it. Actually, he didn't want to. No, yeah, no, no. He, but she was gonna, she was gonna. But die. she wanted to get revenge. She was gonna die if he didn't help. It was revenge, if I remember correctly. Something bad happened. There's a watch that I movie mean, again. The, movie, the, seen the parts of the movie without action, I know. I mean, it's been years, but yeah. I, rem- I I've seen it several times, and I don't rewatch very many movies. Maybe when I first watched this movie, I was at the end of the period of my life where I was more apt to rewatch movies. But I've seen this movie two or three, maybe more times. And even when there's no action going on, you're still gripped. Oh, Natalie Portman you are played. Gripped. As a as a child, I mean, she's she up there. It. I mean, she's up there with Kirsten Dunst's performance in Interview with a Vampire, best child actor performance ever. I don't. I can't think of anything better than those two. I can't think of anything that can hold a candle. Because really, they were like young adults. They murdered. It was almost like Leon and Natalie Portman in that movie had a weird yeah. love connection. Kind of, yeah. It's it's, it's, it, it's hard it and like, sick it, to explain, but that I felt yeah, like he was I mean, in love it, with her. And she was in love with him, except they didn't have that way, type but of it, relationship. Yeah, it was, but it was almost like something like there. There was almost like a moonlighting thing, maybe, where mm-hmm. you're not sure if that, if they're. Oh, well, you're you're like, are they trying to go for this? They, but they, then, I know, think it was supposed to be like father daughter. Yeah, but it could have came across the other way, which was I thought. Yeah, maybe they different. Maybe they did it on purpose, just to maybe that just makes you sort of look at them as like humans. I don't know, because she did act very mature. And he was um, kind of slow. He was so intelligent as a hitman, but he was kind of yeah, kind like of goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just like, I don't know, It was he dressed like a hobo almost. Uh, but uh, but the, that's a fantastic yeah. movie. Masterpiece. It is. I will say, really I will is. go out on a limb, even though it's been years, and I will say Masterpiece. I'm it gonna, is. I'm fairly certain about that. Luke Besson is not messing around. I still really want to see his newest movie, well, I think I believe his newest movie is called... Uh, Valerian, and I think the I think it might be called Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, and I actually it's another sci-fi epic-ish kind of thing like Fifth Element. It's based on an old French comic, and I actually stumbled across copies of those comics, and I've read two thirds of the big anthology of Valerian. And I still haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. and the main character in that movie is played by the actor who played the Green Goblin in the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies. The second, well, I guess the second, the Amazing Spider-Man two, and I think that that guy, he for most of the movie, he was just a normal human Harry Osborn, and I I thought he did a great job. I loved his relationship with Peter. I love the underlying 
possible you know potential for villainy there uh i remembered enjoying him very much in that in that movie even though people were not fans of that movie and i'm curious to see how he would be as the center figure in a luke besson space uh opera epic adventure whatever it it may or may not be like I wonder if I want to say anything more about Fifth Element while we're talking Luke Besson though. When we one of the many questions that I've visited over and over again in the dessert section of Better Health in the World is best director ever, which is sort of like answering the question best filmmaker ever, because the director is the most important character. You know, you got a screenwriter, which is probably the second most, and you can make arguments for different actors and producers and stuff like that. Luke. Besson deserves to be brought up in the conversation, I guess. Uh, and if my formula is to average up the movies you've done against each other, so someone like Spielberg or Cameron, their average gets taken down by some of their not so good movies. And I mean, Cameron might actually, he might have it. I guess I don't know. I mean, Avatar was phenomenal and great and amazing. And I'm all not that. good with it. You're really good with like pinpointing directors. It's something I need to get better into. It is, it's just natural. It's just getting better on directors. When I saw, because, when I saw Pulp Fiction in 94, it made uh-huh. me a movie Well, he's the only one I was going to say. Maybe movie The only freak. director that comes to mind, the number one, That's, always to me, is Quentin Tarantino. And he might be my favorite filmmaker. I don't think I've been as excited. It's a pretty good argument to be made for him. I, I, think, I don't think I've ever Scorsese been as excited. Scorsese is the classic example of his He's the other one I was going to say. Scorsese. He's great, but also, like, then, you gotta, then you sit through Aviator, and you're like, ooh. Quentin Tarantino might be the most consistent, in my opinion, and I like how he doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, like I like. Well, what I mean by consistent is the Coen Brothers have stronger with Coen Brothers. Uh, Shout out for the Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix. It's a the Coen Brothers' newest movie, and it's a vignette movie. So if you don't like a vignette, if you want one large overarching plot, uh, you will be disappointed. But the other thing about Quentin Tarantino, even the movies that he helped with. You could see his brilliance in it. Mm. Like, you can tell. <clears throat> Dust Till Dawn, you can see well, he what wrote Tarantino it. really did. He wrote did. from Dust Till Dawn, and he also wrote True Romance. He's written, he wrote Natural Born Killers, too, and that movie was completely jacked by mm-hmm. Oliver Stone, and I love Natural Born Killers, and I am actually... I'm oh, glad. I used to like Stanley Kubrick, I'm too. glad... Stanley... Yes! That is the other person I was actually going to bring up, because he's someone I don't know if I've really mentioned him in this conversation and I feel like that's done him a great disservice and I haven't seen every Stanley Kubrick movie but the ones I have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey A Clockwork Orange The Shining um, and I'm, the only other one that I can really think of off the top of my head right now gets an asterisk because it's eyes wide shut he died and he you died. can see he didn't get to edit it you want to know so my that movie doesn't that movie it? would bring down his average but it doesn't count the thing is because you can see something special it. there he didn't edit it and if yeah. he was the one that would have put it together i think something great would have came out of it because you saw parts in it mm. where it was like this is wild yeah like this is different than anything i've ever seen i just um, watched uh, i'll talk more about it next time homecoming on netflix phenomenal um seven episodes into out homecoming? of ten yeah it's a uh, julia roberts you know i talk, I, I got the sense oh, man i don't even want to give it when I first saw it, it really gave, reminded me, gave me a similar vibe to another show I've seen recently that I really liked a lot, and I don't want to say it. Because, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. I'm sorry. Homecoming is on Amazon Prime. I have uh, not watched the series on that yet, and I've been interested to see. If you have Amazon like. Prime, they're half-hour episodes, 
So you can burn through it quick, and if you don't like it, you've lost a half hour. Well, I those I've learned got, that those might be my favorite type of shows sometimes because it's just perfect. Did you ever for the watch Maniac? Of time you have. I think those are half hours. I saw I started it, but I just haven't had time to like. All right. Invest. I still, someone who barely, very rarely rewatches things. That's something that I really might want to rewatch, like from start to finish. Now that I know, I'm just like. Because sometimes when you know how it ends, it makes everything else, you know. Oh, you got to go back and see how it happened again. It gives all the little things, all the little clues, and all the little stuff you weren't looking for. Ah. Um, Homecoming gave me kind of a Kubrick vibe, and it's got me thinking about him. And, God. I mean, the first time I watched 2001, I I tried to watch when I was little. I always thought it was boring, but I managed to get my hands on a copy or found it on TV or something within the last few years, and I was blown away. Stanley Kubrick is a master. He might be the he might be the best filmmaker. I mean, The Shining is my favorite scary movie, probably still. The only one that rivals it is maybe like Alien or Aliens, if those even count in that genre. Mm-hmm. Which there's an argument to be made that they're not. What are, what are they? The sci-fi then? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, horror. I mean, I mean alien, isn't horror and sci-fi alien? like they're 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 stepbrother and stepsister, right? Well, the thing is, I guess the problem is because well, people some people say that Event Horizon is the scariest movie they've ever seen, and if that counts as horror, then I guess Alien or Aliens would probably count as horror. But well, there's I think when you're in space, like, and then there's the Jason in space. So that's that, what I was gonna say. There's but there's horror as in like Scream. There's horror. As the thing in about strangers. those movies is because when you're in space. It's so much easier to disconnect from the protagonist, so but, you don't feel it. In a horror yeah. movie, I think it's supposed to feel like you're up in your bedroom. But then and, you get a horror movie where you have Freddy Krueger and Jason. And, but he still attacks and, you in your home, and he and he's got. But he's he's a monster. Yeah, it's well, yeah, because the horror does yeah. have the science fiction element. It comes to and it. gets you when you fall in asleep. Most cases, like it's, yeah. yeah, it's the monster under my bed. It's so it is a matter of degree, I guess, and how much clothes. I think Alien is. They're definitely cousins. I mean, I, I want to say I want to call Alien a horror movie because I love it so much, and I want to put it in the top ten. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't like Alien better than Shining. Maybe Shining would still be my favorite horror movie. I think when we did our top ten horror movies uh, on record for Better Health and World slash Dessert last year, Alien made the top ten. I'm pretty sure I put Shining at one. Threw in a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I think I might have said like the Friday the Thirteenth where Jason finally puts on his mask. <laughs> that was the third. I wonder one. if that new fr- uh, Friday Jason was good. The Halloween. That's Michael Myers. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I want. I don't know if I'm going to give that a try. It's like they came out with a new Grinch this year. I'm in no hurry. Like I'm not ready to move on from Jim Carrey's Grinch. I don't think I'll ever be able to move on from Jim Carrey's Grinch. I though. mean, I like the original. <laughs> Jim Carrey's Grinch. Um, I imagine would put, and I have love for Michael Myers, the other Michael Myers, but Michael Myers' Cat in the Hat to Shake. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. It was bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I never watched it. That and Alice in Wonderland, bad. Oh, God, yeah, I saw Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland was not a good experience for me either. We saw it in 3D and we got stuck in the upper front corner and we should have just ditched the movie. I did I was having a movie. really good night until we got into the movie theater. I was yeah. like, this is beat. Yeah, I was like, it, it really, like, seriously, I felt like that movie was such a buzz. I was so confused and just like, this is, like, just whack. Like, this is whack. Yeah, that I was very disappointed in Tim Burton because I've been a huge Tim Burton fan. 
Uh, ten years ago, I would have put him on the list of best filmmakers, but he's done some poop. Alice I was just watching um, Nightmare Before Alice Christmas with that. Uh, it might be my favorite Disney movie. So there's that, and there's Edward Scissorhands. There's Sleepy Hollow. There's Ed Wood. I mean, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp have a right to make movies together. Dark Shadows was actually pretty good, but it's just like too many remakes. Like, Dude, honestly, did... I just don't know about Johnny Depp anymore. He's yeah. <laughs> like you might yeah. be gone, man. I think him and Tim Burton have kind of broken each other. I don't know. Tim Burton's Dumbo looks like I it think has he's potential. just at that stage in his life where he's pulling a Tom Cruise, he's pulling a Mel Gibson. Nah, dude, don't insult those guys because I think those guys are doing better. Are doing no, more but quality. they had a crazy stage in their lives too. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is still making excellent. No, he's movies. They, they both came back. That's that's I mean, my point. Like Mel Gibson, it's not too late for Mel Johnny Gibson, Depp to I mean, come back. The movies that I can think of while Mel Gibson was going through all his crazy stuff, um, and I'm not giving him a pass on that because i don't really know everything about that um it's not like he was kind of anti-semitic which isn't cool <laughs> you know um but uh, I'm, i was not a big fan of the passion of the christ not really for me but uh before that i believe i'm pretty sure before that he didn't write or direct it but he started a movie called payback mm-hmm. which is an excellent just like brutal action crime drama like set in the seventies in a very one of a kind movie. It was written and directed by I believe the guy's name is Mark or Brian Helgeland, who was one of the key creative forces behind the Usual Suspects. Brian De Palma directed the Usual Suspects. This guy might have written it, or he might have been one of the writers or something. And this is this was his baby. And I think this might have been a remake of a movie from the seventies, but I don't care because. Mel Gibson, as the main character in this movie, murders it. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a thug. He's a criminal. Like a high-level like pro. His, he's got a partner. Partner betrays him. He's trying to go back at the partner for betraying him. He come, you know, They think he's dead. He comes back a couple years later. Yeah, they and both made good it's comebacks. Just, just, a, just, just one of the best. Just a great, excellent. Uh, one of the movies I've rewatched many, many but times. I feel like Johnny and Depp in Life is off the rails. After Passion of the Christ, there was... Apocalypto that Mel Gibson directed. Oh, let's not forget Braveheart. I forgot about Braveheart. I guess that would have been after and the Payback, Patriot. I think. Oh yeah, the Patriot. That should be pretty pretty damn good movie too, right? I don't I don't even remember. I don't know. Um It was like a how do I say it, compared to Braveheart. Yeah, I mean it had like crazy scenes in it, mm-hmm. like Braveheart did. So Mel Gibson's I mean, Apocalypto was basically focusing on like South American tribes or something and like boring like just, it was out there one another one of a kind movie and I watched it twice it was great it was you know I hesitate to throw the word around too much but uh, almost a masterpiece maybe like it was just they did so much and really brought you into I mean just a, a world in a like you've never seen on in cinema before really and they did a great job Tom Cruise I mean I think Tom Cruise I mean he 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 usually can don't can do no wrong basically on this on the big screen as far as I'm concerned almost every movie he touches he makes it excellent I was a big fan of um, the the movie where he kept coming back to life the it was a side the science fiction usually Tom Cruise in science fiction is great I love Minority Report shout out to Steven Spielberg there's a great Steven Spielberg movie, um, God what the what the hell was that movie do you know what I'm talking about I keep I keep wanting to say like Murder Death Kill or Live Die Repeat 
Live Diary. Mission Edge Impossible. of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of I tomorrow. heard a lot about Edge that. Edge of Tomorrow was excellent, and that's pretty recent. I and keep hearing that was like a bomb in the box office, but it was one of the best movies to go in the box they office. They renamed it. That movie's name changed. That movie's name changed a couple times, and that could, with a relatively new movie, you know, to indicate just the fact that it was like poor marketing. Or the fact that people care about it enough where they well, change Well, I thought at name. that point it was also Tom Cruise, like his name value. Well, he went. He had it. Like I said, he turned it around now. Right. But I feel like that's what Johnny Depp's going through. He's just kind of like a crazy phase in his life or something. Because this guy's spending. I think Johnny Depp is just. He's been the same dude in every movie. I guess you might be able to say something about Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise delivers. Johnny Depp is just kind of boring in movies now. Like he's, I don't know, he's Jack Sparrow every time. His Jack Sparrow uh, character I, I mean, is so legendary. I really hated. I really. Well, I don't know about hated, but I, I was not. I was. I was bored with Willy Wonka, and I was bored with Alice in Wonderland. I was, it just felt lazy to me. It's like it was all style, no substance, all flash, just just all looks, just Tim Burton with pastels. Like he's trying. Like, like I said, I like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like Edward Scissorhands. I mean, Ed Wood was a movie about a real dude. It wasn't like weird, crazy Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas kind of sets going on. It was a fantastic film. It was great. And it was black and white, too. It was bold. And just the. Uh, mm, I don't know. Tim Burton almost had. I mean, you could look at Edward Scissorhands and he would almost have. I don't know. Like a like Stanley Kubrick almost has a simplicity to the, the to some of his shots. Like they just they're so like symmetrical. I don't know. Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quentin Tarantino like that. has that too. Yeah. It's the attention to detail mm. makes the smallest things bigger. Mm. It's it's so weird. Yeah, I think that's why I picked. That's why I started with Quentin Tarantino. That might be mine. He's just synonymous, and I think his. I think I'm just so excited. Strong army made for the Coen Brothers, but uh, I'm still not sure. For the new one that's coming out, what is it? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, God, yeah, the Manson. I'm, oh, I'm God. so... I, that's Jerry one of the... I, I, I'm like, afraid Quentin that Jerry's I'm playing like, that movie up too big, because, you know... crazy. It's weird. One he's thing did, about Marvel... He's never done anything real before, right? It's the first he's time done I've done this. Real. Like, yeah, they, Marvel did all this stuff. They did the Avengers. And I never played that up to myself. I was just like, wow, this is awesome and amazing, but I'm not going to play it up so I can't be let down. Mm. Like I did with Suicide Squad. God. Um, but then there was like Infinity War, all of it. Still like so it was mad. just so good. And I think because I didn't build myself up too high. Yeah. Just was like, just go and enjoy it. But I built myself really to this once upon a time in Hollywood. Hollywood. I mean, I've been looking up all the news on it. Yeah. Every time they sign an actor or actress, like I'm. I think I'm too invested. I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's not David Fincher Zodiac because David Fincher did Fight Club. And Seven, and Panic Room. Which Zodiac did he do? Who was in it? Jake Gyllenhaal. I never. I saw part of it. Really, with Mark Ruffalo? I think so. Yeah. I like that movie. Was that good? I haven't I seen the whole it. thing, so maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm yeah. not doing. And he also did Girl Dragon Tattoo. I believe those are his movies, and I haven't seen any of those. And I like Daniel Craig. I, I really. Like I should that probably Zodiac watch that. That was my favorite one on the Zodiac, actually. Huh. From all the ones I saw, I had Mark Ruffalo. I guess it did have Jake Gyllenhaal too. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that was David Fincher. Sounds right. Yeah. I mean, he did Fight Club, so he's always got a special. It's seven. He did Fight Club and Seven and all those other yeah. movies. So David Fincher belongs in the conversation too. I guess we could throw in Christopher Nolan. I, mean, I wouldn't say Zodiac was as good as those two movies, but I thought it was good. 
Like I liked. I really. Liked it, I mean, it, if it's better than I believe it to be, I've seen then it maybe. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just interested in that story well, too. To be continued. We hope you had fun at the table. We love when you come by and really appreciate your time. Please tell your friends about us. Like, share, retweet, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, where you rookie fight fans and season vets can also find better fight casts. You are tight discovered to the UFC and all things mixed martial arts. The PR's best is where you can follow. Follow Joe Newbauer, Jim and Zimmerman, and me, Matt Kirkabo, Matthew J. Better. We love you guys, girls, and everyone else. Peace.